Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. Um, my name is Blake, I'm the host and author of this podcast. And in this episode here, uh, I was able to sit down with my grandmother on my dad's side um, to give you guys a little bit of an intro on what you guys are about to experience listening to, listening to this episode. My father was murdered when I was a little over one years old. I never knew my dad's side of the family, never was able to meet them and see them on a regular basis throughout the majority of my life. Um, even in this episode, you're going to find out why that was. Um, also, this episode is really being put out to the world to bring about healing, to spark a conversation, to encourage other families to go deep within themselves and be honest and transparent, create safe spaces for you and your loved ones to really share and be vulnerable and be honest with each other about why the way things are in your family, about how families end up. 10, 15, 20 years not speaking to each other, having disagreements and things like that. And for me, like it was revealed in this episode that you guys are about to, that, well, in a couple minutes, about 10, 15 minutes, you guys will understand why I never really met my dad's side of the family um, and never really knew them throughout my childhood. So this episode is, is pretty heavy and I, I do want to communicate that to you guys right now. Um, and I don't even think pretty heavy is a good way to say it. Like it's deep as fuck. Like I'm just going to say it like that is deep as fuck my nigga, because it's for me, it, it's learning the depth of trauma that is in my DNA and my lineage um, to understand the things that were revealed about my grandmother's life experiences. I was able to, really see her more as a human being. I was able to understand her experiences as another human being experiencing life just as we all are. And throughout the duration of this podcast, that's kind of what I've done is really open myself up to be transparent, to be honest, to be vulnerable with um, you guys, but most importantly, myself. And so now that I have this knowledge, now that I have this level of understanding, it really helps me to feel much more complete in knowing and understanding where I come from. It's very, very important, in my opinion, for people to know where they come from, know the people that you come from and understand who they are so you could better understand who you are and you could better navigate the world. And um, Grandma, I know you're listening to this, so um, I do want to thank you for that. I have gained so much from this episode, from our conversation and it's so deep, so real, like this podcast, this episode, like it's not going to suffice in my explanation and trying to communicate to you how much I now understand about myself and you and family. And I'm just going to conclude with saying that I love you. I appreciate you. Um, and I'm thankful that we were able to sit down and have this conversation because this is very powerful. And to everybody else that may be listening, who's not necessarily related to me, um, understand that this is a, a conversation starter. This is only the beginning of um, people being more real, being more honest, being more transparent with their life, their life experiences, who they are and how they became the people that they are today. So um, I hope you guys are ready for this because um, it is dope. It's dope, but deep at the same time. So it's like it's very much something that's taking the words out of my mouth because it's, it's a lot that is said here. But uh, at the end of the day, um, the last thing I'm going to say is that I'm thankful. I'm grateful and so appreciative to have had this opportunity. A lot of people don't get to sit down with their elders and have conversations like this, let alone let them be recorded and on a podcast. So 
with that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive in today into this episode. Um, and yeah, let's just let, let's just rock out. I got a little 40 second um, clip of this song, this message, this intro that I want to play for you guys. And the episode's going to kick up right after that. So um, thank you all for tuning in. Um, last thing I'll say is uh, be sure you check the description box on how you can connect with me. Um, like I said, if you're listening to this, no more new episodes of Diary of a Mad Black Man are coming out because this podcast has come to an end and I have a new podcast and new things that I'm doing with my life. Um, some of those things are talked about in this episode. Um, but again, check the description box and where you can find all the information, wherever you found this podcast, leave me a review or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be quiet now and play this music and we're going to get into the episode. What family is, and I think of family as community. I think of the spaces where you don't have to shrink yourself, where you don't have to pretend or to perform. You can fully show up and be vulnerable and in silence, completely empty, and that's completely enough. You show up as you are without judgment, without ridicule, without fear or violence or policing or containment, and you can be there and you're filled all the way up. So we get to choose our families. We are not limited by biology. There's so much going on, but let's do it. Um, can you hear me? I can. Okay, yeah. No, I um, I mean, honestly, like, I appreciate you being on my podcast and even taking the time out of your day to sit down and talk to me, especially with everything that's going on. Um, but and at the same time, I know that this is going to be healing for both of us. Um, oh, man. I think that I, and I, I did just make a couple bullet points because I didn't want to go too all over the place. Um, hold on, let me pull this up. It's, um, but just let, okay, so let's do this. Let's just start off by telling me like where you were born and like about just briefly describe your childhood. Okay, I was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1952. And my birth mother is Dolores Fields. Her original, uh, or her first name was Dolores Ursi Dolores Smith. And she changed her name to Dolores because that's what she wanted. And she um, was my mother. And she married several times. Her longest marriage was to Walter E. Fields, and they were married for 54 years. And I'm the second oldest child born to my mother. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have six sisters and two brothers that I'm aware of that made my mom have a total of nine children that she gave birth to. And she took on two foster children, Michelle and Carlos Duke. But that was after I had left home. Okay. So um, now I want you to, now I, I'm really excited and intrigued by this part. I want you to like, just tell me what it was like for you becoming an adult and a mother. Well, 
I became adult way before my time because I had your auntie when I was 14 years old. And I had my second child, which was your father, at 16. And my children were my most prized possession. I wanted to be a mother to my children and I wanted them to know who their mother is and was. Um, when I had my first daughter, Sharita, my mother was also expecting her um, ninth child, which was Timothy Fields. And my mother had said to me that my daughter was going to call her mama. And it was something about the way she said that that made me know that would not happen. I was going to be a mother to my daughter and she was going to know who her mother is. And to this day, she's a beautiful young lady, uh, well-balanced, great spirit, good job, good husband, a wonderful son. So I'm just grateful that um, she has become a phenomenal woman. And your dad, James Johnson, is who he was born as. His father was James Conwell, and he happened to share the same birth date as his natural father. And I thought that was pretty unique because I was pregnant with him, and on his father's birthday, I gave birth to him. And he became my son, and I loved him until his death. And uh, I found out about you, and I was excited but I wasn't excited because when uh, I told him that I wanted to meet his son, I had never laid eyes on James Lamar Johnson Jr. But the day before he passed, I was at my grandmother's house with him and uh, we had a conversation, which was our final conversation. And I said to him, I wanna um, meet my grandson. And he says, and you're talking about my brother, right? I'm talking about your brother. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, wanting to meet him, I said, well, you should marry the uh, mother of your son. She said, Ma, she is content to wear blue jeans and a T-shirt. I said, well, if you don't love her, it's not going to work anyway. So that was the end of that. Meet him shortly thereafter. But um, it was after his death. Um, then I found out about you and my grandmother, Estella Stokes, and I went to the hearing and they had taken DNA from your dad's dead body. And that just didn't resonate with me. And so I wasn't mature enough to embrace the fact that he had another son. But I prayed about it. And I watched the Antoine Fisher story, and it made me realize how blessed I was to have another grandson somewhere. And when you found me, I was overjoyed because I knew when I embraced you that you belonged to me. And as a result, I apologize to you for being very immature. And I've been loving on you ever since because you belong to me.
And I'm praying every day that you and James will meet and understand your brotherhood together. And what I've learned from this experience is that my son gave birth to two nations and you're both fine young men and kings. And I'm looking for you to make your mark on life because you were destined to do so. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, so first, thank you. Thank you for being as honest and transparent as you just were. Um, I appreciate the fact that you are willing to share your story and, and be honest with me at, at this point and at this stage in life. And that's one of the things that I certainly appreciate about um, what you have done and how you have changed even since we have met. Um, because for a long time in my upbringing and in my life, I always was curious about who my dad's side of the family was wanting to know, um, like Sharita, I knew I had a brother and these were all like things that were kind of given to me in pieces throughout my upbringing. And so when we finally met, it was interesting because I, I didn't understand a lot of, the things that were that had happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like the death of my father, that's something that I've always been very curious about and wanting to know more of. Um, but I also reached a point to where I felt like that wasn't my place. It just wasn't something that I should put more energy into. Um, but understanding why I didn't have this relationship with, my dad's side of the family was uh, was a, a burning question for me throughout my lifetime. And hearing you just be honest and say that you were immature, you know, how things transpired back then. Um, and it was also to my understanding that you and my dad didn't necessarily have the closest of relationships. So to even hear that you were, you know, that you had never met my dad's brother, like that's something like you, you've never told me that before. And that's the first time I've ever heard that, that you, t that you had that conversation with my dad the day before he passed. So, um, I think that this is also something that I'm doing. Well, not, I think this is the reason why I'm also doing this is because I know that this is going to bring healing, not just to you, but to me, but to somebody else as well, because, because I know that there are, are, are lots of people who, especially in the black community who have, issues in the family you know what I'm saying a lot of times we sweep them under the rug we don't want to talk about them even amongst each other you know what I'm saying and here we are on a podcast um that I didn't necessarily intend to grow to this point or to ever have a conversation like this on here but this is also just the reality of my life and this is something that has um needed healing this is an area of my life family I was literally just on um I, I had therapy today and you know, my family dynamics, relationships, that was all a part of something that I need to unpack and understand so I can manage it throughout my life so I can continue to grow to be a productive person in this world. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I and I love you for for who you are and I accept you as my grandmother. You know, I definitely want to be sure I say that, too, because um, even since we have met, you know, we haven't necessarily talked as often as I think either of us would like to. And I'll definitely speak for myself and say that. 
Um, but I can also say that about a lot of people on my dad's side of the family and even on my, on my mom's side of the family, you know, me and my mom right now aren't speaking, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I feel like it's also at a time and a space for us within my family, within people who still want to maintain a relationship with me with, uh, and even again, that's also the message I'm sharing because we're having this conversation on my podcast, which is that it's time for families to really start to heal and move forward from things from the past because, it, I mean, in my mind, it's like, what is life without family? So um, I, I do want to also um, ask you another question, too. Um, and it is about my dad. Um, like, what actually happened to him? Like, how did you find out? Um, and I, I've never asked you that question directly. So I just want to know, like, what, like, how, like, what happened to him? And how did you find out? Well, um, that's a good question, Blake. And I'm going to be as transparent about that as I can as well, because I, like you, would like for our communities to heal from the issues of life that we basically cannot control. A lot of things happen to us as young children that we don't fully understand. I'm uh, struggling now with my grandchildren that are younger than you, and I'm looking at them processing information, and I've learned through these 70 and a half years that I've been on the earth, that we all process information differently. So what I'm going to tell you about your, your dad is very critical because your dad was a good man. Your dad had dreams and ambitions. And uh, just so you'll know, he was uh, Army Reservist and he was a uh, student at uh, Harold Washington College and he also worked for UPS. And uh, what happened to him was a tragic story about young black men trying to make a life for themselves and they get caught up in the wrong thing. So first of all, James left home and moved in with my mother and I did not want that to happen. But he moved in with my mother and I had asked her not to let him move in, but she did and she doesn't remember that conversation. But long story short, James started living in the fast lane and he uh, was a part of a gang. I don't know exactly which gang he was a member of because I just don't have those details. And he also became a drug lord. And uh, from what I gather, he was up on the food chain because he was able to drive a very nice car. He had brought my grandmother a vehicle and he was living life to what he thought was golden. But what happened when I got married, my son decided he didn't want to live with me anymore. And what I found out to my surprise is that my son was a victim of molestation by my first husband. And um, that was why he didn't want to stay with me anymore. And so what I began to do is just ask the Lord to help me to heal with my son. And um, I had asked him to reveal to me what had happened to make him not want to be at home. And one day I was taking uh, Sharita, his sister, home. And she said to me, after I had asked the Lord to tell me what happened, she says, Mom, I have something to tell you. And you can never tell James what I'm telling you. 
And that's when I was given the information that he had been a victim of molestation in my home by my first husband. And so these are the kind of things that happen to our children when we're not aware of who we're bringing into our homes. And the point I'm trying to get to is that uh, during the last part of his life, I began to reach out to him because I knew what the problem was. And every time I would think about him, I would call him. And so he came to visit my church a couple of times. And it was really phenomenal because he was a handsome man and he dressed very well. And it was at that point that uh, people began to tell me, my goodness, he looks so much like you. And you never know how your children look until you get a picture or look in the mirror and somebody shows you. But what I can tell you is that your dad was very intelligent. He was passionate about uh, being a father. He enjoyed his life to the best of his ability. And I believe he tried to do right uh, in the eyes of what his understanding was. And he ended up being a homicide victim. As a matter of fact, he died in the very same place where I had a conversation with him because the conversation with him was the day before he passed. And when he passed, he was living with my grandmother, Estella Stokes, and she called me and told me that Janice, I believe James is dead. Well, the Lord had already revealed to me almost like an audible voice speaking to me saying, James won't be with you much longer. And the only witness I have is my husband, Raymond Powell, because I told him the Lord just spoke to me and said, James won't be with you much longer. So it was with that information that I began to reach out to him and try to be in his presence as, as often as I could. And long story short, um, the day that he was uh, killed, my grandmother called me and I left work. I told my current prayer partner, Alice Lee, that I needed to leave because my son may be a homicide victim, may be dead. And when I stood up, the spirit of the Lord raised up from me. And when I got to my grandmother's home, my son was almost in the exact same spot where I had had my last conversation with him. But before I went to see uh, him, I looked at, oh, this was the day before, I was going to church and I was going to go to my grandmother's house, but I went early and I looked at my watch and I said, oh, I got time. So that's how I was able to have the last conversation with him. And uh, the very next day he was killed in my grandmother's home. Uh, and I ended up, we were waiting on the detectives to come and they took too long. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to church because there's nothing else I can do for him. And that was the end of his life. But the point I want to make to you, Blake, is that he had great potential, but he didn't have good counsel. And that's why I try to tell my grandchildren today, make good choices because choices have consequences. And most people might not want my story to be told the way that I'm telling it, but I'm telling it the way it was given to me.
And I thank God every day that he loved me enough to reveal the truth to me. And I'm so grateful that um, we were in a good place when he passed. And I knew he loved me and I loved him because whenever I called him to come, he came to church and that was a wonderful thing. And at his funeral, um, I was gonna have it at a funeral home and my father-in-law was my pastor. And we had a conversation and he said, you be comfortable in this. And I said, well, thank you. And so we had his funeral at the Church of the Living God, 14 East 45th Street in Chicago. And my pastor, my father-in-law did the eulogy, but I want you to know that there were wall-to-wall -wall people in that uh, funeral and all kinds of personalities and all kinds of uh, things that, that people do and don't do was present. But the Lord gave me strength to lead my family out with my head held high because I had done the best I could as his mother. And even now, I thank God for his spirit because it's always with me. It's always something reminding me and I had a son that I loved and I believe he loved me. And now I'm having the opportunity to share a part of this life and this story with his son, Blake Johnson. And I am so very, very happy that we're having this conversation today. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we are too. Uh, I think, wow. Um, th so there's a couple questions that I want to um, just ask you. How old was he when he moved out? How old was he? Yeah, when he was 13, 13 years old. I've been married now for 37 and a half years. And this year, your dad would have been 53 years old on July 10th. Wait, so, so take, but you said um, it was your first husband. My first husband was a man named John Williams and he was, um, he was um, 16 years older than me. And he uh, just, he just had a, a very bad nature and uh, we fought a lot and my two children became victims under my own roof and the rest is history but he is now deceased and i had taken him so far out of my mind he called me one day talking about this is uh so and so and i said who who he says come on now well i i didn't remember him i didn't want to remember him because i had found out way more than i wanted to find out about him personally but i married my current husband on uh, january 4th 1983 and uh, my son was a homicide victim i believe it was in 1996. he was 22 years old but he left my home when he was 13 years old mm, i thought no he married for the second time i, I thought it was 1991 because i was born in 90. 91 yeah 
I, I think uh, you were born in '91. So when no, when was no. the D Day done for you? I no, I was born in 1990, and from my understanding, he was uh, murdered in 1991. I believe it was April. Um, okay, well you're right. He's April 26, I believe. Mm-hmm. I've lost track of the dates. I I really don't keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no. yeah, you're right. I um. And, and, you know, I think it's important to say this. Um, this is a lot to take in, um, even in this moment. <laughs> I um, also, like, it's interesting and it's so mind-blowing that this very similar dynamics that you had with my father is very similar to the dynamics that I had with my mother. Um, and I'm speaking to the fact that I went and lived with my grandmother and my mom did not want me to go live with my grandmother. And that kind of caused a strain in the family. You know what I'm saying? And so just that piece right there, um, that was a powerful moment to hear you share that. Uh, because I think that a lot of, people do have issues with their mother and and a lot of people have a lot of trauma from their families that we never talk about and we never heal from and I think that it's very powerful just to have this moment with you and I'm very appreciative for it as well uh, and I'm very curious to kind of sit with this like now I'm intrigued to kind of be able to sit back with this because this is a piece of history you know what i'm saying and i like how you also addressed the larger community and i think with everything that i have going on in my life which we even had a conversation about you know my new you know me being an adult entertainer and doing podcasting and really taking these things seriously and understanding that i could build a business out of this and really build a lucrative business and a lucrative income for myself to hear you also just say nothing negative about that and then to also say that you're proud of me and that you love me and that you just still accept me for who I am like that's a new feeling and that's a new um level of acceptance that I have prayed for so um I do want to thank you for that and and say that that was (laughs) something that I've always just desired to have um and so this is like something that I also think um, a lot of people in our family are going to hear. I think with the dynamics of who we all are, um, what, and even also, again, speaking to the larger community, but what advice um, would you have for families that need healing? Well, that's another good question. As you were talking, my mind was reflecting on, some issues that my mother and my grandmother had. And um, the thing about family is you never know when you're going to learn the lesson or get the pieces to the puzzle that you need. But my grandmother was considered the matriarch of our family. And the reason I call her the matriarch is because she was the second oldest child born to Laura and James Jackson. And they had 12 children, 11 girls and one son. Now, my grandmother left 
cotton plant Arkansas and came to Chicago. And for all those years, I thought my grandmother left my mother with her parents. And it wasn't until my mother's 70th birthday that we got together as her children and gave her a 70th birthday party. And at that 70th birthday party, I found out that my mother had never had a party before. So I was grateful that my sisters and brothers teamed up with me to give her that celebration. But as time passed on, I found out that she mentioned a lady named, I believe she said Alma. I said, well, mama, who was that? She said, that was Papa, Papa's second wife. I said, shut up. Papa had a second wife and I never knew it. So the point I'm trying to make is my grandmother left my mother with her father and his second wife. And I didn't know anything about that until my mother was 70 years old. And because I'm a truth seeker and a believer of the truth, I was able to tell my mother in the presence of my grandmother, no matter how grandmama feels about it, she abandoned you. Because from age six to 16, she was not with her mother. She was with her father and his second wife. And my mother made it crystal clear that had it not been for the second wife, she did not know where she would be on that 70th birthday. And the point I want to make is from six to 16 was the time that she needed her mother the most. And her mother abandoned her. That's the way I look at it because young girls need a lot of attention during those formative years. And my grandmother ultimately sent for her and she came to Chicago and the rest is history. Uh, she, she had um, several husbands with several uh, children involved. And at the end of the day, she did a wonderful job now that I know her story. And when I began to miss my grandmother, uh, the spirit told me to call my grand aunts, which I did for almost two years. Every Sunday, I would call Auntie Rose, Ruby, and Kat. Those, those were the three youngest aunties. And uh, Aunt Waleska, they were the four left, and I would have conversations with them. And I learned a lot of family history from talking to them. And uh, I've learned that no matter how you feel about it, if you really seek the truth, ask God to help you to understand where you come from and why you're the way you are. He's very, very anxious to reveal it to you. So I thank him for this moment because I've learned so much about my family, portrait of my grandmother, and my, my, I'm sorry, my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather and 11 of the siblings, along with a cousin, which was um, Robert Jackson. My grandfather adopted him. And we cherish that picture, but we don't really know the story behind the picture. I found out that my great-grandmother had two children after she had had a stroke. So she was a powerful lady. She gave birth to those children because she had a husband that she loved 
And uh, we don't know enough about Papa and those other wives, but somebody helped us to get to the place where we are today. Understand what real heritage is all about and what real roots are all about. We're not new to this. This has happened down through the years to a lot of families. But I do want to say that to God be the glory for the things he has already done. And I'm a teacher of truth. And I tell people, we just want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Because the truth is what makes us free. So whatever freedom I've been able to extend to you today, Blake, it has been my pleasure because you come from good seed and you have a good heart and God wants to bless you abundantly. And I'm trusting him that whatever you touch is going to be phenomenal because you are the man that God is intending you to be. And a grandmother that wasn't able to be there to help you get your roots down deep in the ground, I'm here for you now. And I pray for you often. And I think about you often. And no matter what's going on in your life, you will be okay. Because God has ordained it for you to be okay. I thank God for your grandmother. I thank God for your mother. Because at the end of the day, your mother didn't have to bring you into the world. And I hope that you find a place in your heart to forgive her for whatever has happened. Because at the end of the day, I believe in my heart of hearts that she will always love you. Might have made some mistakes along the way, but that's still your mother. And I'm going to always encourage you to love her unconditionally, just like I'm asking you to love me unconditionally. And I promise you, I'm going to love you unconditionally. Because the Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. And if Jesus Christ is our Savior, he wants us to love unconditionally because he shed his blood on the cross as the Savior of the world to give us an opportunity to see life from a different perspective. And I thank him. Now, you've gotten me all the way to Rush Hospital on this podcast. And I'm just grateful because I love to talk, as you can tell. But this is a dream come true. And whatever I've said to minister to your spirit, I know God is real. And I know this was no accident. And I know that he meant it for your good. So keep doing the good work. Keep being the person that God wants you to be and live your best life. The best is yet to come. And that's my earnest desire that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the midst of all of the confusion and all of the things that you didn't get to share with your father. I am your ancestor and I will be with you throughout eternity. Well, that's, um, yeah, this is going to be um something like i said i'm i'm have to really just sit um with all of this and, and and take it all in and i thank you for finally like setting up the time cuz you know i've been wanting to do this for a while we've touched base about it um for quite some time trying to get it done trying to get it set up and um i definitely wanted to um 
get it just it just have this conversation to do this episode um because i'm also wrapping up um or my season seven or the podcast in and of itself rather um it's coming to an end um because since doing this podcast it's been a journey of discovery for me um and understanding myself and who i am and it's been something that wasn't necessarily fully flushed out from the beginning. There are certain points in times where I was very strategic in how I shared my message, um, primarily in like season four when I was going through the pandemic and I was um, going through a lot of extreme difficulties with mental health and um, it, well, with my mental health challenges and just not wanting to be here and feeling suicidal and having suicidal thoughts like it's been a journey. And at the same time, there are also episodes that I've had just talking to friends, talking to family, um, talking about certain issues, topics, um, different things that relate to the larger black community, different things that relate to myself personally. And um, I wanted to end this podcast on what I thought on, on a good note that I guess you could say that in the most simplest terms. Um, and I think that um, it's not necessarily about why well, at, at this point where I am with it and how um, everything has transpired. I understand that it's not about good, the note or how things end being good or bad. It's more so about it coming to an end and then me moving forward. Absolutely. Me, me moving forward and understanding who I am and loving who I am, embracing who I am, being unapologetically myself, um, because I know that I have family. I know that I have support. I know I have people that love me. But the more I focus on myself as just a living being and loving all aspects of who I am and being a creative and being an entrepreneur and really putting all this energy into myself and into my craft and into my creativity and into my business mind, I know that I can achieve the financial freedom, um, the ultimate levels of health and wellness that I desire to have, um, to even also believe and actually have the kind of family and support and relationships around me. Um, because like we've discussed here, you know, our relationship has, but I, I met you when I was 20. Um, it was, it was, I think it was, yeah, it was like 20 years old. Um, it was right before I went to Europe. Um, and so even our relationship since then, it's been one that has had periods of where we didn't talk and things like that. But I think, it's beautiful to know that we still have an opportunity to still love on one another, to still get to know each other, to still grow and continue to enjoy life together in some shape or fashion. So I look forward to um, continuing to talk to you, continue to get to know you, continue to get to know more about your story. I'm happy that we were able to share this piece here. Um, very uh, powerful one right here for me. Um, but I know that you um, have a lot going on as well. Um, and I know you shot the hospital now, so I don't want to um, hold you up. But I just want to ask you one last thing. Is that is there any last things you want to say before we um, get off the phone here today? Yes, sir. As you were speaking, uh, I wanted to give you this little tidbit of information. You said your podcast has been going for seven years and it's closing. Seven uh, is it's, a number. It's been going for uh, seven seasons. 
Well, seven seasons mm-hmm. means completion to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, not seven, seven is completion. You have done great things already. And you were born for a season and a time such as this. And I'm just glad that the Lord blessed me to be able to share with you today who we really are. We have a great heritage. Let us never forget it. And being um, the young man that you have become pretty much on your own is a double blessing for me because my inheritance says not only will I be blessed, but my seed will be blessed as well. And you are part of my seed. And I'm so very grateful that God has allowed you to experience your life thus far and going forward. I just believe the windows of heaven are going to open up to you and the mental challenges that you have are not surprising. I have been talking about mental illness for a very long time. It's a part of my ministry. And I just want to close out with the fact that so many people want to say, I had a, we had a schizophrenic uncle and a lot of people wanted to say that he got it from his father's side of the family. And I said, I don't care what you say. That was my grandmother's son. And my grandmother's son is a part of her as well. So we're not going to put where it came from on anyone in particular, but it is real. I, I struggle with uh, issues myself and I uh, take a pill because I don't want to lay hands on nobody. And like I said, that means I can still fight. I don't want to fight. I want to love on people and encourage people to know that we can do all things through Christ. He's going to strengthen us day by day. And at 70 and a half, I feel like my journey is just beginning because I'm in a new chapter of my life as well. And I thank God for the privilege to share whatever I could with you, Blake, today, because I know the best is yet to come, is yet to come. All right, y'all. So that's the end of this episode. Um, I want to thank you for tuning in, for listening, for rocking out with me through that. I know um, that was pretty heavy, especially for those of y'all who may actually be my relatives, family related to me in some sort of way. Um, But I just want to wrap this episode and say that I'm grateful that I've been able to learn the level of trauma that is in my DNA because it's a lot. So um, that's really it. That's all I got. Y'all have a blessed day and take care.